King's Kids Combos. King's Kids Combos. King's Kids Combos. King's Kids Combos. Y'all, we're back. We're back. I know you hear the theme music. We're back. We're back for another season of the King's Kid Convos podcast. La segunda temporada for my bilingual listeners. But we're back for another season of the King's Kid Convos podcast where we have one big convo about living for Christ in the culture today. I'm your host, Abby Jolie. And y'all, it just feels really good to say those lines again. Welcome to all King's Kids, new or returning. But if you are new, my goal on this podcast, just so you know, is to tackle some of the deeper misconceptions around being a Christ follower and to be a stepping stone into a transparent and just deeper conversation about the whole thing. And I know right off the bat, I have to tackle the questions that a lot of people have probably been wondering, or maybe you haven't, maybe you've just been living your life and haven't really cared about me or my podcast, and that's okay too, but I've been nowhere to be found. I've been a little MIA on the Instagram page and on the podcast because... If you look back at season one, episode 10, the season finale last season, it was in June. <laughs> Yikes. I wish I could insert a little a little bit. Yikes. My last episode was in June. And, you know, don't get me wrong. You have a podcast or anything of that nature. You can take a break as long as you want. But I'm a planner. And I did not intend to be gone as long as I was. So I want to cover that and break that down. So it's just like, dang, you kind of left us. But as a podcaster, specifically a faith-based podcaster, I I take my platform with the utmost honor because I know that God is intentionally using me to say these things. And and while the break was spent enjoying my family and the summertime, you know, in order to hear the content for season two, you know, I had to go into prayer and fasting. In all my answer seeking, I was prompted by God to talk about my experiences. And I'm going to tell you right off the bat, I was like, God, that is boring. <laughs> I wouldn't want to hear it. It's just, I wouldn't want to hear about everything that I've been through. But when you're living a life for God and you're in the faith, it's a lot more eventful than you may than you may think. So I wasn't just prompted by God, you know, in private, but I was also constantly being reminded of Revelation 12:11, that scripture which it basically says that you know, we are overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. And I know that we have multiple testimonies. You know, we all have that maybe like one or two where it's like, that's my testimony. But truthfully, a testimony is just an account of the way God has moved in your life, how he saved you, how he redeemed you. And that is the definition of a testimony. We literally have a testimony to say all the time. Therefore, my podcast should surround much of what I've been through and how God is leading me and how he has led me out of a lot of things because I am in no way alone. So 
I finally came to and realized that talking about the things that I've been through might not be so boring because I know that I'm inspired when I hear other people's testimonies and so forth and so on. This season is going to be different. I do appreciate so many of you being so patient and just still interacting with the page and giving me feedback. It's I've literally loved it. I'm so appreciative. I'm appreciative of it. And I've just really appreciated you guys' patience. But this season will be different. And that reason is because, one, I've consulted the Lord about it. And I just plan on getting deeper, more transparent. You know, sometimes you feel like you need to have, like, buffer episodes, like, before you get to the heavy stuff. And I feel like I got to go full in. Like, there's just, there's no point in waiting. And aside that as well, a little hint, I will be inviting in more testimonies and more stories. That's all I'm going to say about that. But as always, if you're new, I always start in prayer. I always like to invite God into this podcast episode, invite him into the moment that you're listening to this because it's just important that he's here. So dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this podcast. I thank you for making me a vessel. I pray that you would make this platform a vessel and a stepping stone to introducing your presence and introducing more conversations about you. I pray that it would be raw and bold and completely transparent. So work in the lives of my listeners and it's in your mighty name I pray, amen. So as you guys can tell by the title, what I'm going to be tackling, talking about, having a convo on is how do you move on from a life that everyone knows you lived? And I'm going to break it down to just establish what I'm asking and under what circumstances uh, the question might come up. So how do you move on from a life that everyone knows you lived? So I'm just going to go straight into the transparent part. Up until about a year ago, most people don't know me as Abby, the Bible-toting, Christ-loving, faith-based podcaster. They don't know me like that. They know me as a ball of fun at parties, a smoke buddy, a drinking partner, and someone who is just down for whatever. When you come into your life in Christ and you're all about him, you're obedient, you are like, it's God or nothing, you may have left a life that was full of everything that God wasn't. God was nowhere near your life prior to a certain point in time. So... Because I've experienced this where I may have gotten a FaceTime call from someone who knew me way back when, or I haven't talked to them in a long time, or I may have ran into somebody that I really used to hang out with or do those not-so-godly things with, I realized that there was kind of this, this tension, this weirdness. And it wasn't beef, and it wasn't you know anything like that, but it was just more like, Abby, you good? Cause you seem like different. You seem like calmer. Like, let me let me put like let me see if I could put like a, a good scenario in perspective. So I got a phone call from a friend who I used to know way back when, and she was calling me, big girl, you look good. I haven't seen you in so long. Like, I just went to this effing party, blah, 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 blah. Okay, that's the scene. You might be kind of sensitive. I'm not going to say kind of. You're probably a little sensitive to cussing, 
conversations about things you used to be doing, conversations about that old life. And the tension may not be even created because of them, but the tension is created because you've already gone through the process of conviction and you know that that's no longer the life you want to live, but you kind of don't know how to react to them without hurting their feelings. So another angle of it is where I started at the top is the Abby, you're kind of different or put your name in there. You're acting kind of different. And I, I, I want to say first and foremost that when the Lord works in your life, when he, his Holy Spirit and your spirit have completely connected and you are all for him, your whole life will change. That means your demeanor, the things that you speak, the way that you talk, you could have been walking like a pimp, but now you're walking like a champ in Christ. That's how different it's going to be. So yeah, your posture is going to be different. Your demeanor is going to be different. And what you want to hear is going to be different. So I pose the question, how do you move on from a life that everyone knows you lived because of that tension? The very tension that I've experienced from the run-ins at the store to the conversations on the phone to the, do you want to smoke, Abby? That's why this question came about. It's a question that I've asked. And it's a question that a lot of you could be asking right now. This pandemic has put me in a lot of those situations, but the pandemic has put a physical barrier between me and people who I used to know and hang out with. Over the pandemic was probably one of the most transformational times of my spiritual life, and I was evolving. I was leaving a lot of things like smoking and drinking and partying and cussing and doing all that type of stuff. I was leaving it behind, but it's not like I was giving them weekly reports on my spiritual progress. So to the me that I'm now presenting, it's confusing. It's a little off-putting. The me that they remember is no longer present. Occasionally, I would get that text or call about doing the activities that I no longer do, and it was me just talking to people who used to know that ab. I have the same energy. I just won't and don't put it into those particular things anymore. So I have an analogy, and hopefully it's not too far-fetched, but bear with me. So if you're like a Netflix fanatic and you've been watching the new shows, Manifest, now that came out a good minute ago, but Manifest, awesome show if you haven't seen it already. But these passengers come off a plane ride to face a world that basically presumed them dead for like five and a half years. And again, this example is very, it's very broad. It's very mythical. But yeah, everyone in the world saw them basically as a threat, as a reason to take offense. And while the passengers that came off the plane were trying to live their lives and just be normal, it resembles how we often feel when we go from the carnal life to that Christ-filled life. In the show, the passengers also had these callings, callings to save people, help people, and they felt that they should be obedient to them. And this is just as we as believers feel we need to be obedient to the voice of God now instead of taking part in certain conversations or just sitting back and agreeing with the world, which is what is often done. None of the conversations and the tension and what you feel after interacting with people who once knew you, that old you, none of that negates the truth of 
your identity in Christ. A relationship with Christ and your identity in Christ is available to you. It is gifted to you. It's already yours. You just really have to accept it. So I often, most Sundays, watch Transformation Church um, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's a church led by Pastor Michael Todd. Super popular. And they did this cool thing called Seven and Seven. They do it every year where seven of their congregation members get seven uninterrupted minutes to share their testimony or basically finish a sentence starter like help I'm healing from or God saved me from this and they all fill in the blank and then have seven minutes to just go at it. And I learned through one guy's testimony spoken there is that you can still be rejected or misunderstood by others while living an affirmed life. And it brings me back to a scripture that I well, was the focal scripture for the season finale um, last season, season episode 10, sorry. And it's 1 Peter 4, 4. And it says, you know, do not be shocked. It says, of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things they do. I mean, this could be partying, this could be smoking, this could be doing illegal stuff because sometimes it just ended up that way. Um, so they slander you. In a lot of situations, we can look at rejection or isolation as, oh, I, I'm not, I must not be living in a firm life. You know, this must not be the path that I'm supposed to be taking because if I was, it would feel good. It would look good. People would be cheering me on and supporting me. And that's just not guaranteed in this faith walk. In fact, in the Bible, it says numerous times, the righteous will face many challenges. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will prevail and avail every single time. The Lord will rescue them every single time. The Lord will never let his righteous people fail. So I want to get into the practical tips. I said all this and, you know, you go from carnal, then you go to Christ. But what am I saying? The question originally is how do you move on from a life that everyone knows you lived? How do you move on when you're still being haunted by other people's idea of who you were? You may not want to move on because you feel like, uh, it's going to be really hard for me to reestablish my identity with them, so maybe I should just give in. And I just don't feel like having to reintroduce myself. So that's all really real. But I couldn't let you walk away from this episode and not have some tangible tips on how to leave that life behind and know that it's okay to stay where it's at. So the first thing is reach out to Christian community. I have found personally that the Christian community is a very safe space. I, I've joined Bible study groups. I've joined conversations in my DMs. I like guess not joined it, but I've had a lot of conversations in my DMs um, just about Christ. And I love that the thing that connects us is our experiences in Christ. Also, this is kind of like a branch of my last episode um, which you should all listen to. What do you do when you are growing in Christ and you're losing friends? But it's that I found out that a lot of the reasons, not a lot, but 
a big part of the friendships that I had before is because we connected on something that wasn't very godly. We hated something. We didn't like somebody. We were gossiping about people a lot. You know, the center of our friendship wasn't always something godly. But when I reached out to Christian community, I loved that the basic thing that connected us was that, oh my gosh, we love the Lord. We've seen the Lord work in our lives. And that's a really good feeling. And ultimately, whether you know it or not, it's what your heart desires. Your heart desires community. Your heart desires human connection. And why not it be the connection or the basis of connection on the Lord? Community for me, even if it wasn't made official, even if it wasn't like, oh, you're my accountability partner. It created spiritual accountability partners. When I knew that the work I was doing or my obedience to Christ was bigger than just me, when I realized it was about my neighbor, when I realized it was about, you know, so-and-so who's doing her podcast or so-and-so who's doing her ministry, when I connected with them, I began to realize that, hey, I don't want to let them down because they're a part of the body of Christ. They're fighting temptations and and transgressions and sin and iniquity, just like I am. So like, not only do I want to please God, but I don't want to let them down either. And that could be like a subconscious thing, but it's something that I really have been able to bring to the forefront. Like, it's great. If you want to reach out and have people as your spiritual accountability partners, that's awesome. I, in fact, I really do recommend it. Um, but knowing the broader scale of things, the body of Christ is so much bigger than you are. Like you want to do your part and that might save you from a day of looking at a certain website that might save you from a day of saying something, you know, you shouldn't say. My next tip is to let the word reaffirm your identity daily. Daily affirmations, planning out time to spend in the word, and fasting. I gotta slip fasting in there because fasting, it's like, I don't know why, but like it takes me a minute to get into fasting. Like I'll be like, oh, like what am I gonna have to give up? But then like at the end of it, I'm like, thank God for fasting (laughs) because I always get something out of it. My faith always grows and matures in the fasting periods. But that tip coincides with Matthew 6, 22, which talks about how your eye is the lamp to your entire body. If your eye is healthy, then so will your body be. And if you want to think good thoughts, if you don't want to be caught up in a spirit of loneliness or rejection or feeling isolated, then the best thing to do is to fill your spirit, fill your soul, fill your mind and your eye with the word. The whole entire Bible is a representation of how we should live our lives and who God has called us to be. We're in the world a lot. We're on social media a lot. We're always being told what the next big thing is, the next bag we should have, the next trend we should be on, the next funny thing that's going to be like up next. But those things are fleeting. Those things are constantly changing and they'll never last. What God and who God is telling us to be is eternal. That'll last forever. And if you meditate on that day in and day out, you'll be set. Like I just feel like you'll be set. But I also want to put in a disclaimer. Some things 
about your old lifestyle might still entice you because I was talking a lot about temptation and iniquity. I want to make it really, really, really clear. Some things about your old lifestyle will still entice you. I heard somebody say that, do you think the enemy entices you with things that you don't like? Because then you never fall for them. Unfortunately, for us as believers, we have a target on our back. But even more than that, fortunately, we also have a God who defends us. But know that you're still a human being. Beware of the people who you know or knew who might bring up that old life. Beware not to let the interactions you have with the people who only know the old you to change the outlook that you have on yourself. Because make no mistake, in Christ is where you're supposed to be. In Christ is exactly where you're supposed to be. But sometimes one conversation with someone who knows the old you can have you thinking, hey, that's really who I used to be. Maybe that's where I'm supposed to be because that's what's familiar. That's what's comfortable. But this is why it's important to guard your heart above all else because... It determines the things that you think. It determines the things that you do. It determines how you'll please God. So my last and final tip is to, well, I said protect your heart, and then I beat myself to it. Protect yourself. Protect your peace. Protect your joy. Protect your space. Protect what you ingest. Protect yourself in conversations. Do you know there is no problem with shutting down a conversation? And you can still do it with love and respect. And believe me, I've had the run-ins. I've had the run-ins at the store. I've had the FaceTime calls where they call me, big girl, I cannot wait till you get down here. We gonna stay, we gonna drink, we gonna smoke, we gonna die. Ooh. I still love them. But some of those words were triggers for me. Take time to identify your triggers. Words, music, people. Sometimes people are your triggers, people that you spend time with in the past. Take time to identify those triggers so that you can understand where you do need to be and where you don't need to be. Evaluate how you feel after you talk to certain people. Evaluate how heavy or not heavy your heart is after you finish a conversation. It's okay to shut down certain things. It's okay to walk away. You can say, oh, I'm a little thirsty. I'm about to go get a drink. I would just head out. Or you can be like, hey, I got to go do something, but I'll text you back later. But to wrap a bow on what I'm truly saying is set boundaries. And I could talk all day about setting boundaries, but the main point as it relates to this episode is your boundaries aren't going to please everybody. They never will. Sometimes you set boundaries with people and they think that you're being standoffish. They think that you're being rude and mean. But it's not your job to carry their burdens. It's not your job to carry someone else's feelings. What you do is you pray for them. You pray that they would take less offense to your boundaries. But you don't apologize for looking out for yourself. Some of us, um, I made a post about this a couple months ago about overextenders, those people who they are very prone to putting other people before themselves. And that's great to a certain extent. 
because many people give so much to other people that in turn they're actually deteriorating on the inside and they're not actually doing as much of a service to the other person or the other people that they're looking after as they really think. Because believe me, if you're not good in here, I'm pointing to my heart like y'all can see me, but if you're not good in here, if you're not good in your mental, it's impossible for you. If you're not good with God, excuse me, I have to put that in there as well. If you're not good with God, you're not giving it your all as a wife or a daughter or a sister or a brother or a friend. So that's just something to really keep in mind. And I remember when I ran into people over the pandemic that I used to like smoke and drink and party with, the conversations were very short. <laughs> it it wasn't about a lot of things. Sometimes I'd mention that I had a podcast. Sometimes I'd mention that, hey, you know, I don't I don't do that stuff anymore. And I learned over time to walk away without feeling guilty, without feeling like, oh, I think I kind of made them uncomfortable because I mentioned God or Jesus. It's like, no, claim your identity. Claim your identity in Christ because it's yours, because it is yours to have, because it's who God says you are. And that's a, that's a whole other conversation for another day, you know, why you don't bring up God in certain settings because you feel like you're going to make people uncomfortable. And, you know, I've learned the hard way that we were admit or we were placed on this earth and we don't aren't given commands by God so we can make people comfortable. In order for me to mature and grow in my faith, it was uncomfortable. <laughs> like, please make no mistake, like, this faith journey is not comfortable. God wants to make you uncomfortable because that's how you'll overcome sin. That's how you'll be a conqueror. That's how you'll lead more people to the water. Moving on from a life that everyone knows you lived, that you purposefully left behind with strength, the strength of the Lord, it takes denying yourself daily. Truly, quote unquote, moving on does not mean forgetting. And that's another thing in our generation that I feel like is often misconstrued. Like you need to move on. But moving on isn't equivalent to forgetting. You can't forget it completely because when you tell your testimony, you're going to bring it back up. You can say, hey, I used to struggle with this. Hey, but now the Lord saved me. You can say, hey, that used to be me and you. That used to be really fun in conversations. But hey, that's just not the path I'm taking right now. And you can't continue to pick up the possibility of someone being offended or the possibility of them not being able to understand or go know what you're going through. It's not your job to pick apart their brain. It's your job to stay in your own lane. Oh, wait a minute. Not me rhyming on the podcast. Okay, 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 okay. But just to put a whole bow, just to wrap it on up, this whole entire episode, if you ask yourself this question, you've gone from that carnal life to the life in Christ, and you've asked, you know, how do I move on from the life that everyone knows I lived? How do I move on? People are constantly bringing things up from my old self. How do I move on when literally flashbacks are taking over your mind at like some random time when you're like driving? <laughs> it gets easier. It gets easier. And the only reason or way that it gets easier is when you submit 
everything over to God. He will heal you. He will break those attachments that you once had to certain people, to certain spirits that were in people and places that were a part of that old life and that old self. He'll remove that. And I promise you it will get better. God wants you to have community. He wants you to be amongst other people who are like-minded and who have the same goals and mutual agreements as you do. I remember for a long time, this is a lie of the enemy, for a long time I used to feel like I was just never in the space where Christians were. I was like, I I don't know, but like, I bet there's like a Christian hub and I'm just not there. Like God doesn't want me to be there. But the truth was, is my life didn't even showcase that I wanted that kind of community. So why would people gravitate towards me? But when I gave my life over to Christ, and the Lord's light honestly began to shine through me, believe it or not, people started gravitating towards me. I know it sounds crazy, but they they came along. So if you're going through this, you're asking this question, and you're experiencing like loneliness or rejection or just looking for a place of acceptance in Christ, I want to pray for you. I want to pray that these chains would be broken. I want to pray that that attachment and that spirit that's trying to attach to you from your old life would bounce in the name of Jesus. So, Lord, we just bless you and honor you for being the good God that you are, Lord God. We thank you that in Jesus' name, you are surrounding your children on every side. You are going before us and you are standing before us, Lord God, fighting our battles and defending us against temptations and struggles and the attachments and the spirits that are trying to get a hold of us, especially those that are from our old lifestyle, Lord God. I pray against the enemy's plans to use flashbacks or reminders or trigger words or whatever else it might be against your children to try to make us feel that we're not living in affirmed or confirmed life by you, Lord God. I pray that however you see fit, that you would affirm our identities in Christ however you see fit. I pray that you would speak through sermons. I pray that you'd speak through music. I pray that you'd speak through billboards when your children are driving, Lord God, wherever you see fit. I pray that you would affirm our identities, Lord God. In your word, it says exactly who we're supposed to be, Lord God. So surround us with your word. Surround us with encouragement, Lord God. Surround us with people to exhort us, Lord God. Keep us hopeful and increase our amount of endurance, Lord God, as we enter into different seasons. Some of us are in a season of loneliness. Some of us are feeling rejected and just feeling like we just can't find our niche or people to connect with, Lord God. But we know that you are just cultivating and crafting a group of people for us to be surrounded by who are good people who are on fire for you, Lord God. So break the chains of our past and old lives. I pray that you would increase the amount of boundaries being set amongst your children. I pray that you would help us protect and fight for our faith, fight for our Fight for our joy. Fight for our peace, Lord God. And I pray that in that, you would just draw near to us. So it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So thank you guys so much for watching. I will... Y'all see how I'm watching, watching. You're not watching, but it's okay. As always, I thank you guys for tuning in and listening. I just feel different about this. I just feel different about this season. I just feel like it'll be a lot more unfiltered. um, And that excites me. Transparency, unfilteredness, not sugarcoating stuff, humble, open, transparent. That stuff really excites me. And I don't want to spoil too much, as I said before, about the season. But all I'm going to say 
is deeper convos and way more voices. Don't forget to follow us on IG at King's Kid Convos to engage in more convos and receive some encouragement. Trying to do like two, three posts a week, but we gonna see, we gonna see. And I also want to invite you guys to rate the podcast and give me some feedback. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, there is a direct way to leave a review, your rating, a great bold subject about your rating, and just give me some feedback. The feedback advances the podcast. It gives me some feedback and it allows me to tweak some things so I can make the podcast sound even better. And more than that, I love talking to you guys some of the episodes have birthed some great connections and conversations people have called me out of the blue people have scheduled time to talk to me so please don't hesitate dm message you have my phone number call me whenever i'd love to talk about anything christ-based if you're just going through something you want to talk about it that's cool too but i've already had some really great conversations and feedback from my episodes and i want to have a ton more So that's all there is for this episode. And remember, you are living in an answered prayer. Whether you've prayed it or somebody else has over you, you are living in an answered prayer. So I will catch you guys next Friday when a new episode drops on the King's Kid Convos podcast. I'm your host, Abby Jolie. I love you and I'll see you next week.